Welcome to the Cosquet of Fictional Delights 2018 Flash Fiction Competition Podcast. This year's competition was judged by writer David Gaffney, who says, A winning flash fiction needs to be unique and unobvious, to resonate and intrigue. We're delighted to present the top four stories. In fourth place, 125 by Gina Hedden, read by Anna Clements. The barracks wash house is quiet now they've gone. Bone weary and bruised, Experiment 125 takes off her stained utility suit and sets it down beside the cleansing machine. This new model offers a range of programs, medium deep, purify and freshen up. So far, 125's run freshen up as instructed, but tonight she's using Start Over, the program she discovered on Stummbrows in a moment of illicit communion with her zone of irreconcilable discomfort. She fills the dispenser with powdered Ecosol Clean, opens the front-loading door and, clutching her instructophile, climbs in. She presses a button. The door clicks shut. Once settled, 125 syncs instructophile with Stummbrows and activates Start Over. You can do this. Life can be good. What would you do if you knew you could not fail? Soft music cradles the words that weave their way around her. A blind descends, blocking out the wider world, creating a hemisphere of twinkling stars, a satin universe that heals her tattered spirit as suturing light repairs a ragged wound. Flicking a switch, 125 releases the eco-soul clean. The sparkling powder ignites and a fiery whiteness envelops her, stripping the day's dirt and disappointment from her body drawing it from her mind. White light turns to hazy red. The music morphs into the lubble-double of an occupied womb, sustained by the rhythmic beating of a mother's heart. Almost done, whispers instructor file as the programmed environment recedes. 125 climbs out of the machine and puts on a fresh utility suit. She memorises her Stummbrows map, then secretes instructor file beneath the washhouse floor. Process complete, says the hidden device, a moving red light flashing on its screen as 125 slips away from the building, eludes the night scanners and passes into the darkness beyond the compound gates. David Gaffney said, I particularly enjoyed the science fiction theme in this story. I don't often come across much science fiction or speculative work in flash fiction, so this was a nice change. In third place, Floating by Mark Farley, read by Shash Hira. Yesterday was leaking. So I shrouded my share in a lip-blue bin bag and hauled it out to the road. Mum agreed to dispose of her share too. I tied the bags tight, sealing the airway, and the dripping stopped for a while. Mum helped me load the wheelie bin and we waited for the rubbish men to arrive. But the rubbish men were rubbish. They refused to take yesterday away. There's a limit, they told us, tipping the bags onto the driveway. We can't take this heavier burden. We have chest pain and a cough. The union wouldn't approve. 
I tried to explain, but they wouldn't listen. Even though Mum and I supported their necks, they showed me the hollow of their hands where the skin was loosening and turning green. Then they floated away. We drove the bin bags to the tip, but they'd reappeared on our doorstep when we got home. Both were open and yesterday had flooded the driveway. We had to swim to the front door. The neighbours waved as they struggled to keep their noses above the surface. I used a grappling hook to pull the bags into the house. Both were heavier now. The tops gaped. One vomited water, the other a cone of white froth. An arm protruded from Mum's bag, lolling through a rip in the side, gripping a handful of reeds. We stood on the kitchen table as the bags rolled against each other, mouth to mouth, oozing algae and particles of sand. Play something, Mum said, wrapping herself in a foil blanket. I waded to the stereo and tried rock, country, bluegrass and soul, everything my father had loved. But nothing drowned yesterday out. In the end, we took yesterday back to the river. It fell into the water and floated, face down. David Gaffney said, I like the high concept idea of disposing of the past in bin bags, which sometimes leak. The conceit of the memories of a dead loved one being removed in this way works well. In second place, Sink by Mark Farley, read by Malk Williams. The woman next door smiled at Cameron, so he listened to her through the wall. YouTube helped him build an amplifier, and soon every sound she made was beamed to him through wireless headphones. He began matching her schedule, rushing to the oven if she lit a hob, or straining in the bathroom when he heard the clack of her toilet lid. Eventually, his metabolism synchronised with hers. He'd never felt closer to anyone. Cameron looked for other ways to blend their lives. He timed her shower and stood in the water for exactly the same number of minutes, even though his bald head required much less shampoo. A thermometer taped to her outside drain allowed him to make a rough calculation of the water temperature she preferred. At the sound of her television, he flicked his on too, surfing on mute until he found the correct channel. They watched friends together, and he cuddled the sofa cushions whenever she giggled. On bin day, he searched her garbage bags, then hurried out to purchase quinoa almond milk, and specific brands of coffee, toothpaste and mascara. He listened to one-sided phone calls. A cousin in Brazil was fighting thyroid cancer, a five-centimetre tumour throbbing in his throat. Her father was in a care home, convinced the nurses were meddling with his meds. Once, she mentioned a quiet neighbour. Cameron's skin tingled. But then she saw him in the sunflower dress. He'd admired the way the floral print clung to her breasts as she left for work, and it had taken two days to find the right shop. 
He'd been much too large for the dress, so he'd bought three and sewed his own. On the day she moved out, he sat silently in his living room, unable to eat, unable to go. David Gaffney said, The story shows the lengths we'll go to to make some sort of human contact, even if the contact might be contrived, forced or illusory. And in first place, Speaking in Tongues by Rosie Garland, read by Bethan Dixon Bate. When he gets home, he slides you into a goldfish bowl. You think there's no way you can fit, what with the tail and fronds. But the water accommodates like a glove. Morning and evening, he shakes a plastic tub. The food falls in a drift of salty confetti. You flick your clever tongue and catch each flake. You grow long and sleek. He has to move you into the sink. By the end of the week, the bath. He feeds you from a tin of sardines, holds out a fork, says, Here comes the aeroplane. When your lips close around the tines, you taste sweat on his fingers. You eat and grow. Your tentacles climb the tiles around the tub. You pool the floor with slime. At night, you rest your head upon his knee. He combs your hair and whiskers, smooths the creases from your frills where they had wedged against the sides of the bath. You wrap your tongue around him, squeeze till he gasps. You watch him gaze in wonder at the marks you leave. His skin is parched, his tongue small and lacking in muscle. David Gaffney said, I like the way the creature thinks about its victim with intense but detached interest. Serenity almost. This story has a dark undertow of eroticism. The Casket of Fictional Delights would like to thank the voiceover actors who bring the winning stories to life. Bethan Dixon Bate, Shash Hira, Malk Williams, and Anna Clements. Thank you to all who entered the 2018 Flash Fiction Competition. <laughs> <laughs>